If I had a nickel for every time I rewatched a show or a movie for comfort, I would be rich. <laughs> or as Andy Dwyer might say, like, fill my gas tank all the way up, rich. Ooh, that's big <laughs> stuff these days. I'm like, I'm not actually <laughs> thinking I would be wealthy, but I would definitely have some jacket money. <laughs> We'd all be a little richer if we just would get a nickel every time. For sure. Percentage-wise, from what you watch to what you comfort watch, do you feel like it's more comfort? More comfort than, like, new stuff? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I feel like it's probably, like, a 95 to 5% ratio. (laughs) That sounds like a good ratio to me. I'm happy with it. It's working well. Welcome to the Act Break, where we're talking about all things story. Take a break from your creative endeavors and hang out with us. Have a little simulated human interaction. Because internet friends totally count. Welcome back to your favorite comfort podcast, where we talk about a little bit of everything story and a whole lot of nothing anything else. I'm Jamie Redact. I've been binge watching shows since way back in the day where you actually had to get up and change out the DVD in order to do so. (laughs) And this is my co-host. I'm Casey Ash Carly. And I remember being anxious for my comfort watch to finish rewinding in the VCR. (laughs) Again. Give it to me again. Give it to me again. Be kind. Rewind. That's right. What started out as an idea to talk about the history and evolution of sitcom has wisely developed into a discussion on comfort watching. I still might do a history of sitcom thing someday. Maybe at TEDx, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sometime. Sometime I'll do that. For sure. I'll go I'll go to that TED Talk. I show up to your TED Talks every week. <laughs> it just keeps coming back. Mostly because they're free. I like that free show. Uh, Sitcoms usually, for a lot of people, are part of their comfort watch. But I also think that there are lots of different kinds of comfort watches. Especially for those of us who didn't grow up with sitcoms. <laughs> I know I was going to ask because I know that you didn't grow up with television television and you didn't know about episodic television until later in life. I assume that a lot of your like formative years comfort watches will be movies. Movies. Like you said, whatever VHS tape that was. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on the period in my life because I feel like my comfort watches have also evolved over time. When I was a kid, it was land before time. As an adult, I'm like... That is depressing. What's wrong with me? Yeah. I haven't seen that in so long, but I remember watching it dozens of times when I was a kid. Like over and over and over again. What do we mean by comfort watch? Because here at the Act Break, we like to give definitions and explain things, even though they kind of already explain themselves. You're welcome. We're so helpful. What's a comfort watch, Carly? Comfort watch is that thing that you go to when you're feeling your feels, whatever those feels might be, to comfort you, to make you feel better. It's something that you return to over and over again. You don't get tired of the the story or the themes it gives you a sense of satisfaction knowing it's going to deliver something you're gonna enjoy your experience your time while you're there you're gonna enjoy your experience whatever it is that you're going for you're gonna get that and you know it and it's great it's just like something you watch that's comforting you're welcome everybody (laughs) 
like you said, your comfort watch will evolve throughout your life. Formative years ones that are probably comfort watches because you were a certain age, you were at a certain point in your life, and then that's when you saw them and they kind of stick to you. For some of our generation, and I will say that that's the millennial, uh, elder millennial, if you want to be specific, but especially Gen X, that would be like Star Wars, Back to the Future, Hook. Those are... Stop reading my list, okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but especially like, uh, I know for my brother, who's a little older and even though Star Wars is like one of those formative things for around our age, it's kind of a little older than us. We're like really when it, it hit for those people. Yeah, especially when it launched. It was really big for a lot of people and that was before we were around. I feel like the equivalent for our generation is Harry Potter because when Harry Potter came out, I was the exact same age as Harry Potter and then I got to watch those one every year we were always the same age you grew up with him yeah uh so you grow up with them it's like imprinting <laughs> like a little duck when it comes to like the ones you watch at a certain age if you had like a friend who'd never seen that watch it now as an adult it's just it doesn't it's not the same like the kids comfort ones you mean really anything that like i would say like younger years like pre-14 Back to the Future was a big one just because it was playing so often in our house. I mean, I don't know, though, because I didn't watch Back to the Future until I was an adult. And I love it. And it's a comfort watch for me. So I think it depends. It stands up pretty well to not being just for kids or just for adults. Right. I don't know. But like, I, I still enjoy animated movies like Hercules. I could watch over and over again, even as an adult and not get tired of it. Like that one, I think holds up really well. I mean, I don't really think that even things that are made for kids are necessarily out of the running yeah. for standing up or holding up, even if as an adult sees it for the first time. I think it just depends on where you're at in your life when you watch it. And it also depends on the person. Absolutely. I had a friend who had never seen The Lord of the Rings, but she knew how big it was. And we watched it and she was like, well, now I'm glad I've watched it, but it didn't it didn't impact her the way it impacted so many of us. Like we stayed up until midnight to be at the first screening and like watched it on the big screen and became like a whole part of it. Those sorts of things is what I'm thinking about. That's the thing with comfort watches is a lot of times it's tied to uh, emotions or experiences that you had at the time of watching them originally that you want to recreate and repeat. And by watching them again, it brings those things back up for us. And so that it, it tracks. That's really um, a facet of the comfort watch is that nostalgia comfort watch. Those things that evoke those emotions that are directly tied to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am curious what if you had some other like childhood ones. When it comes to the childhood ones, I'm trying to remember what I watched as a kid and what I watched a lot. And it was funny that I'm like, I haven't seen some of them in years. So it's like they're not comfort watches anymore. Like the chipmunk adventure where they're um, on a hot air balloon race around the world. And I'm like, I haven't seen that for years. Like, I don't even remember things about that, but I remember watching it a lot of times when I was a kid. A lot of times. Um, Land Before Time. Mine was Darkwing Duck mm -hmm. and Rescue Rangers. Those were big for me. Uh, DuckTales. Woo! 
Yeah. It's been really fun with the boys introducing them to some of my childhood like comfort watches. And some of them have gone off like gangbusters. They love them. And then some of them, they're like, eh. And I'm like, oh, how dare you not like that as much as I thought you would? My, I remember it wasn't for me, but for my brother, it was Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. Oh, yep. I was majorly into Ninja Turtles, especially Michelangelo. I had a Michelangelo. I mean, it was Ninja Turtles, but it was a Michelangelo birthday party. I think I was eight. My mom made me a cake and everything. It was awesome. Formative years. Yeah. And then there's uh, less exactly nostalgia evoking but more um like the familiarity and the comfort of satisfaction and to me those are like rom-coms comedies and adventures where you're gonna be like i want to laugh a little bit and then to know everybody is going to be happy in the end these are the types of movies you could put on when you're sad but then you could also put on like just when you want to do housework but you don't want to feel like you're alone <laughs> do i want to do this and that but i also want something comforting right yeah i don't watch rom-coms for that actually like i'll watch a rom-com from time to time but i really want it to be more comedy than romance and like i just but yeah i definitely have movies that evoke that like everybody's going to be fine in the end Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to just cover a couple because I feel like depending on your preferences, different things will fall into this category for you. For me, like the rom-coms that come to mind are like kind of older ones. While you were sleeping, you've got mail, Sabrina. Those are the ones that I'm like, oh yeah, I could watch that. Have that in the background. Say the one-liners when they're saying them. All of those. Right. Sabrina is the exception to the rule on that one. Both the older one and the newer one, those ones I can quote verbatim <laughs> the whole way through. So, yeah. It's a good <laughs> I, one. If I'm going to watch them, usually it's an older one. But, yeah. With that one, it becomes that um, being with those characters starts feeling like being with a familiar old friend. Um, you know what you're getting into that can be comforting yeah my actual the the rom-com that I do play which it's I don't know it's it is rom-com but it's also like I don't know it's the stranger than fiction so that that's Mm -hmm. one that's a comfort for me princess bride you know those things yeah I can watch those on a loop for sure this is probably where um sitcoms slot in for me Because I have a bunch of sitcoms that, like, me and my husband will just watch. When we finish one, we watch the next one, and then the next one, and then we start again from the beginning. I didn't look up the statistic, but, like, in the year 2020, The Office was the most streamed show on Netflix before it was, before Netflix lost it. Ripped the rug out from underneath you. We got to blame Peacock for that, but it it just kind of shows, like, everybody wanted, everybody wants to laugh Everybody wants to have that familiar feeling sometimes, and sitcoms uh, lend themselves to that very, very much so. But I won't wax poetic about sitcoms for long. I I like that you brought it up, though, because it is definitely a facet, and for me, it's Parks and Rec. Yeah, I have a whole list I'll talk about a little later. Oh, that's fine. That's (laughs) fine. We can do that. I have nothing if not dozens of comfort watches I think that your percentage was probably close to what my percentage yeah that's that tracks 
uh, based on all of the conversations we have about what are you watching right now? Mm. Same stuff, different day. <laughs> yep. So would that category of like the familiar and the satisfying be where Grey's Anatomy falls for you? Not anymore. You know, it's really funny. Like I, there are shows that I used to watch on repeat that now I'm struggling to rewatch that I don't know, something has shifted for me where Grey's Anatomy used to be a comfort watch for me. Now it makes me anxious. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you know it's going to happen? Yeah. You're like, nope, nope, nope. Nope. Mm-mm. No more. No more trauma. And there are bears everywhere. And the bears have knives. <laughs> My favorite quote. Uh, uh, Callie. There, I feel like there's comfort watches, but then there's also like comfort characters within Oh, that, yeah, for sure. That, and I feel like Callie is a comfort character for me. Like, Calliope Torres comfort character yeah that makes perfect sense because i'm like i would never consider supernatural a comfort watch for me, <laughs> but i would definitely consider dean winchester a comfort character <laughs> absolutely and that tracks comfort watches can also include things that leave you with a certain emotion or like a sense of hope especially i think at the end where you walk away going like yeah positivity it's a, a feel-good movie an inspirationing inspirationing yeah it's inspirationing folks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i love to be inspirationed i have i have been inspirationed by secret life of walter mitty um and i was trying to think of other ones like that because i know i have some but my brain just like drew a big blank with that one do you have others that kind of have that like feeling for you secret life of walter mitty is like the ultimate example i think of this but some of the other ones i feel like they don't have to be as as inspirational as that or as transcendent because one of them is that i think of as couples retreat oh my god yes and it's a rom-com but at the end you feel so good and so part of what i think it takes to be like that inspirational feeling is it's that the characters have come through like a bunch of hard or difficult things and they've come out the other side with hope. And you can do that in any type of story. Yes, absolutely. I I do agree with that. And I and I love Couples Retreat. So Couples Retreat is one of the weird, like random movies that's one of our comfort watches. We've watched it dozens of times. Another one that's like a deeper existential movie but has a sense of hope is eternal sunshine of a spotless mind i could i couldn't i couldn't do it it was too it was too much for me what in what way elaborate on that emotionally overwhelming oh okay well i feel like that makes sense but it's like it's very much one of those stories where it's like they go through a lot but at the end it ends on a a note of hope, even though it is a little bit ambiguous. That tracks. Yeah, just any movie that leaves you with a sense that, like, the world is not only a dark place, that change and transformation are possible. Fantasia gives me that feeling. Like, watching, fan- like, there's not really, like, a story art. It's just animated stuff happening to music. And, like... It leaves me with the feeling of, like, inspiration. Yeah. 
I feel like that's a word I've been using a lot lately is like a feeling of transcendence. Art makes you feel like some sort of way more is possible and there's more out there than like our own personal crap. Yes. And I think that that's why I thought of Fantasia when you said all of that. So yes. Yeah. As far as things that I would have that I would put in like that category, if I look at my little list thing here of things I wrote down, I kind of feel like Make Happy, this comedy special by Bo Verum is that for me, where it's, I mean, obviously there are stories in it, but it, it makes you feel like, uh, Things are bigger than just me and and uh, art exists and is doing good things. Cool and interesting things for sure. Do you have um, comfort actors or filmmakers where like you know if you watch a movie of theirs you're going to enjoy it and so you look for movies with them in it or movies that they've made? Yes. Yeah, I do. I do have this. The top one I thought of was Steve Martin. If there was like a Steve Martin movie and we're like, hey, we've never seen this, but it has Steve Martin in it. We're like, okay, we'll try it. Um, another one would be Tom Hanks. There are a few movies that I didn't care for that he is in, but it was more about the movies than him. And if I think about it, I'm pretty sure they were all David Edgar's books that were translated to movies and I didn't care for the books to begin with so I'm not blaming Tom Hanks I would never blame America's dad never you never blame Tom Hanks oh and Jackie Chan I watch anything with Jackie Chan in it so there are definitely a few where I'm like oh that's like it's just nice to see that person because I've grown up watching them my whole life and it's very much like an old friend even though that sounds kind of crazy and like I, they're real people I would never accost them in real life but <laughs> but they are definitely comfort actors right I feel that way about uh Harrison Ford uh Brennan Fraser Morgan Freeman uh Rachel Weiss oh dead fair the mummy the mummy's a major comfort watch for me uh I don't see her she's not doesn't work as much any mini driver I really like Mini Driver. Oh, I love Mini Driver. I loved, um, what was the one? Grace got Bob's dead wife's heart. Oh, Return to Me. That is also a comfort watch. Yes, Return to Me. It's so good. I haven't seen that in forever, but as soon as you said Mini Driver, that is the one that I love her in the most. David Duchovny in Mini Driver. I want to watch that movie now. Ooh, it's time to watch that again. It's so funny. I... There are certain rom-coms for sure that are staples for me. And you keep bringing up some that I have completely forgotten about because I don't watch it blow, them very It blew often. your I don't watch rom-coms for comfort out of the water. I know, but I like it. It's good. It's good to remind me of stuff that I don't remember. But uh, most of the ones that I thought of aren't necessarily like feel good, happy, like their adventure or action or whatever. And I like those ones are my major go-to comfort watches like Men in Black and The Mummy and Indiana Jones and those sorts of things are major comfort watches for me. Like Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, we had on Laserdisc. And I remember the exact moment in the movie where we had to flip the Laserdisc. <laughs> like it's just it's one of those things that it's like even if I'm watching it, streaming it or whatever, I'm like, and here's where we flip the Laserdisc. <laughs> Forever ingrained in my memory. 
Yeah, there's um, when me and my husband want a comfort watch, we always use the term, we go, a funny one. We watch probably 90% comedy. And a lot of them aren't even, they don't even necessarily have to be like amazing movies. It just has to be something that's funny. Yeah, it just stuff that clue with Tim Curry. Nothing wildly. I think that that's wildly good. I would definitely put that in the good category. I didn't mean it wasn't wildly good. I was just saying that there's nothing like, it doesn't leave you with like a transcending feeling, but it makes you feel good and it's great and it's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you if there's any movies that put you in a particularly um, creative mood. Like you watch it and you go, I want to go write something or I want to draw or they just make you feel like re-inspired to do something. And I'm curious if there's one in particular, a couple that you go back to for that feeling when you're feeling creatively stifled. Uh, For sure there are those. I will sound like a broken record. But um, Edgar Wright, so Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Avatar The Last Airbender. Those are the first three that come to mind where it's like um, you feel inspired because they're done so well. They're just so good. If you ask me for like a little, I, I can give you a million things. I have ch- sh- like shows. I can do movies. I could do sitcoms. I could do. There's lots of examples and it's tough. I just wanted to give us the space to like talk about as many <laughs> things as possible. Yeah, we definitely have that. I get that. I, I Guy Ritchie films for me. The Man from Uncle, the new, the Guy Ritchie, the Man from Uncle is, I. I love that. Yeah. Any of them for me. I love um, how fast paced and like engaging the story and the way he does storytelling. It's just it always makes me feel inspired and excited. Also creatively to really kind of out there movies that you're like, why does that inspire you creatively? I don't know. I like them. Van Helsing and Warcraft. They make me want to write stuff. Van Helsing's a good movie. And not necessarily in that category, but like they make me want to go write stuff and actually be a creator. Yeah. And that's what the point of art, isn't it? Is to inspire and like evoke emotions. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I just want to make sure we just really beat a dead horse and tell people all the things that they should be watching and that we're watching. Anything else that you haven't mentioned? I mean, like, comfort watches that wouldn't be comfort watches for anybody else, maybe. (laughs) You know, like Deadpool, things like that. If that's that's what you're into. I have some, like, newer ones. Um, Always Be My Maybe with Ali Wong and Randall Park. Oh, I loved that one. I have watched that like four times since it's been out, as well as Set It Up, which is um, with Tate Diggs and Lucy Liu. And I'm like, these are just like rom-coms, but they're so good. I have recommended Always Be My Maybe to like everybody that I talk to, even with like, there's no segue, like just immediately like, Have you watched Always Be My Maybe? You need to. (laughs) And the other Netflix thing that has become a comfort watch that I never would have seen coming and I just keep on watching it is uh, Bridgerton season two. (laughs) Oh, snap. I don't know why. I've watched it like three or four times. 
That one surprised me. I mean, I figured you would enjoy the show overall. Funny because I'm like, I have not rewatched season one at all. So it's very character based. And I think that that's why it's all about that slow burn. Anthony Bridgerton <laughs> is a comfort character for me. And then also Sharma. So it's like the double. She has become a comfort character for me too. She is phenomenal. I don't even know if I'm going to keep watching the show, but it's that one season. <laughs> so comforting. Uh, you know what? Another one just popped in my head. Um, Clueless. <gasps> a young Paul Rudd. Beautiful Alicia Silverstone. So many jokes. Do you know what time it is, young lady? Watch really didn't go with my outfit, daddy. The thing about Clueless, it's more of a intellectual comedy than people give it credit for because it's self-aware like they're literally yes. using a whole trope against itself it's so good uh, but you still get character growth and a retelling all in one exactly that's a good one I haven't watched it for a while you could just keep going and going and going and I feel like we could go for another 15 minutes just listing more of our favorites and recommendations and just keep pick one show we'll say show that you're trapped on an island this will be the only thing you have to watch for the rest of your time on the island you didn't prepare me for this i didn't i i didn't i didn't prepare myself for this if it makes you feel any better popped in your head okay i am looking at my list what's yours it's very difficult to choose off this list and it's also like how long the show goes for will give you more. Ultimately, I would have to say The Office because it has the most episodes of anything on my list. Because <laughs> if you're trapped on an island, you need more. Exactly. You don't want to pick a show that only has two seasons because then it's like really on a loop. You want to have like a, a journey. Um, but I want to say Community, but The Office is longer. Yeah. I, I I can see that. Now I feel like there's all of all of the all of the shows that I have ever watched have left my brain. My current fixation is Battlestar Galactica, so I'm gonna go with that one. That's a good one because it's pretty long. It's got a, a, several seasons. I enjoy it on the whole. I am happy with how it ended. So I don't feel like I would end up rewatching it over and over and over again and get mad because I hate yeah, it. Yeah, that's another part of it. You never would want to pick something that has an ending that you're not happy with. Right? <clears throat> Supernatural. Um, that show has a <laughs> yeah. shit ton of seasons, but also I fast forward half of every episode. Oh, All right. Do you have a recommendation for today? I mean, it was all recommendation, but but let's do it anyway. I mean, this was a recommendation strong episode, but I'm I'm gonna give you another one. This is a childhood favorite of mine that I think stands up still. It's ridiculous and goofy and off the wall, but it's got some fantastic people in it, and that would be Space Jam, the original. Oh, I haven't seen Space Jam in a long time. Cool. What a great episode where we just mention everything that we love over and over again like we do with every other episode. <laughs> the thing I want to leave people with the most is never feel bad for just comfort watching stuff you've already watched. Mm -hmm. You need the serotonin in your life. Exactly. And if anybody tells you you don't, you don't need that in your life. <laughs> Immediately cut them out. Change your number or your locks, whichever <laughs> applies. Watch something comforting this week. Just be, be, do something that brings you joy. 
comfort watch and then tag us so we can see what you're comfort watching. Hashtag comfort watch. That's right. Tag us at the actbreak underscore podcast, which is where you can find us on Instagram. <laughs> and you can go to our website, scifiomai.com slash podcast. All of the links for everything is in the description of this episode. Take you to all the places for the newsletter and the social media. Kofi, if you got a minute, you could leave us a review. Follow us so that you get notifications when we drop new episodes, which is every Thursday. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Have a good one. Bye.